Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Future Construct podcast. I am your host, Amy Peck, and we have a fantastic guest with us today. We have Todd Mustard, who is the vice president of TAUC, which is the Association of Union Constructors. Welcome, Todd. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me. So we have a lot of ground to cover today, um, but I'd like to start by just asking you, how did you get into this business and, you know, kind of land in your career where you are today? Sure. Um, it was very serendipitous. Um, I had my first job out of college. I worked for America Online, AOL, and I moved from Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma to uh, Arlington, Virginia. Well, technically rest in Virginia. And uh, I worked for AOL for a couple of years. It was right after the AOL Time Warner merger and had survived multiple rounds of layoffs. And then I made the mistake of getting promoted, moved to a new department, and then another layoff hit. And it was one of these first in, first out situations. So I found myself like being very angry at corporate America. And uh, so I wanted to find something else different. So I actually did the temp agency thing for a little bit and uh, landed at this association. They quickly realized that I had a decent work ethic and that I could uh, I could put a couple words together uh, writing wise. And they hired me as their communications person. And so this was in uh, two, summer of 2002. I got fully hired on January 1, 2003. And for whatever reason, uh, I have I've been there ever since. So 18 years later, which is a lifetime, it seems like, but the role and responsibilities have changed pretty dramatically over the, those 18 years. Um, I've held four or five different positions. Um, and now I've finally kind of settled in um, where my kind of main buckets, although with an association, you wear a lot of hats. Um, but I kind of, my primary focus is on innovation and technology and government affairs. Although I still have my hands in a whole other, a lot of other different pots as well. That is a very long temp gig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a very long temporary employment. Yeah. Um, you know, and then so, you know, moving from communications, it seems like now you're, you know, you really have your finger on the pulse of um, innovation as well and are really looking at addressing some of the challenges that are, you know, kind of coming through in the industry and then how technology can solve. I'd love to hear, you know, some, maybe some of the initiatives that you're working on directly or indirectly um, and, and, you know, what, what you're seeing out there in terms of, you know, a great use of, of technology in this realm. Sure. And, and it might be just a little helpful to give uh, the listeners a little bit of background on who the Association of Union Constructors is. We're based in Arlington, Virginia. We, uh, we have 1,800 plus contractors that are members of ours, uh, but what's unique about us is that they all employ union labor, and therefore we have like incredible relationships with 14 different international unions. So I say that uh, just as a background. So when talk, when we do anything, we try to do things in what's called what we call a tripartite way, meaning it's not only the contractors that are participants, but also the owner clients and the trades. And we feel like if those three are all at the table, then we're, we're working in this collaborative way that will benefit the industry. And so back in 2017, uh, we started um, kind of positioning ourselves uh, where we, we realized and knew that innovation tech was going to be a, a much bigger thing for our industry than probably what we were uh, willing to maybe admit at the time. 
And I have a sort of natural, I naturally enjoy and, and like technology. So I kind of gravitated towards that. In 2017, we held, or we decided to hold our first industrial grade innovation conference and expo. Technically it was a 2018. And we did it in Dearborn, Michigan. We invited the contractors, the owner clients and the trades all to participate. And we tied it in with the fact that, uh, Henry Ford's uh, museum is across the street. And obviously, you know, he was, he had a huge uh, impact on technology, as we all know. Uh, and since then, that kind of spearheaded this initiative to, to where we created our first uh, innovation technology committee in 19. Uh, and the committee now so has been active for the last two years uh, in some trying times. Uh, but uh, we have, we, we, we have a lot of large GCs, but also small uh, subcontractors that are all participating in the association. They all come with different perspectives. And in terms of like what we're working on as a committee, um, a couple of the bigger things right now, one of the cool things we did actually back in 2019 was we went to Microsoft and we went and checked out the HoloLens R&D facility. And we're blown away with the fact that they, at the time, had spent, I think, $300 billion on virtual reality and augmented reality with their HoloLens. Uh, literally, I think the churn was $50 billion a year over six years, which was amazing and blew our minds. Um, but that gave us sort of an insight and perspective into what was like the art of the possible. Oh. And, and so now uh, we are also kind of leveraging relationships using the association uh, to basically uh, actually go back to the corporate, the large corporations like AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile and others uh, to try to help uh, connect the job site. So job site connectivity is one of our kind of big initiatives that we're working on right now. And there's, you know, ultimately we know there's an, an, an amazing, amazing amount of technology out there uh, that could be used on construction sites but unfortunately can't until we have broadband capacity, right? And so we're, the committee right now is in the process of working up a number of different case studies from small, you know, week-long projects to billion-dollar multi-year, uh, you know, projects that would require a whole host of different, you know, uh, activities and, and needs and desires. Um, but so that's one of the things we're working on. Um, the second is a, uh, it's a, it's, it's a playoff of the, the fact that we had um, in our last IGI, we had this new company called Equipment Share there. And one of the things they're working on, it's sort of, I, the way I would describe it is sort of like a, um, oh, Toro. Have you heard of Toro? Yeah. Yeah. Where you can rent uh, somebody else's car when you land at the airport, right? Yeah. Well, this yeah. is like a Toro for construction heavy equipment. And so the idea here is you put sensors on a whole bunch of stuff and if that scissor lift is inactive and hasn't moved in a while, they say, hey, you know, you can you can basically offset your cost by allowing someone else to use it or repurpose it. Right. And so because of that conversation, we're now looking at tool tracking and management systems um, because we think there's a, a huge opportunity to to create efficiencies for a number of our contractors through the use of that technology. That's amazing. So you guys are really acting as kind of Switzerland, and I and I loved uh, 
that idea that you kind of sit in the middle and you're making sure that you're servicing, you know, all the stakeholders, because that's where the challenges come in, right? You know, if, if we're just dealing with owners and they sort of insist to the contractors and, and even the subs on a particular technology, it's a lot harder to get them to, you know, you know, evolve than when they're all at the table to begin with. So I think that's really exciting news. And, you know, connectivity is a challenge, you know, really on any job site, you know, especially remote job sites. Um, but you mentioned HoloLens. Um, you know, there, there's another great technology out there called Magic Leap. Um, they're really the only two on the market that can kind of do the sort of true mixed reality. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we talked a little bit, uh, you know, before we started here today on really how do we kind of bridge the knowledge gap? And, you know, you, you have been front and center, you've been experiencing, a, you know, a few solutions to that. So I'd love to, to talk a little bit about that and, and where you see some of the um, innovations coming on that side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, labor supply in general has been um, a huge concern of ours and the industries for, gosh, as long as I've been in, at the association, to be completely honest. Um, and so identifying ways to not only recruit and retain people into the industry, that's a, a big, big deal, but also extend the lives and the lifespan and careers of individuals that are at are hitting an age where they may not think construction is no longer a career opportunity for them. So the HoloLens and um, uh, the other, I'm sorry, what was the name of the one you mentioned? Oh, Magically. Yeah. Magically. Yeah. We actually also had a Realware yeah, uh, device, ago, which I know they're no longer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so using that technology to allow individuals with incredible expertise to provide insight and input to maybe younger people or people that are less experienced uh, seems like an, an unbelievable opportunity. Um, but we've also uh, had some um, pilot projects using uh, technology called Deep How, uh, which a base which allows it allows an individual to take a video of someone completing a project or task that is an expert at it and as it records the information, it, it tags the language to allow someone else to come in later and do a search and identify all the videos that pertain to said search. And so it's a, they're using AI to, to figure out a way to make it easier for people to consume interesting things that they need to know and see prior to doing XYZ job which I think is a great example of kind of, you're right, uh, bridging that knowledge gap, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to take a, a little break here and hear from our sponsors, but we'll be back momentarily with Todd Mustard. And we are back with Todd Mustard from Talk. Uh, so, you know, you were talking a little bit uh, before the break about uh, Deep How and, and some of the, you know, recording and capture 
side. Um, but you know, technology is going to be really, really important in kind of enticing the next generation workforce. In fact, it's going to be an imperative. If you don't have emerging tech, you're not going to be able to attract this next generation workforce. So how is the industry tackling that piece of it as well? You know, it's a great point. And we've, we've often talked about how technology innovation can be used to change the perception of construction because the general public have a lot of, I think, preconceived notions of what construction is and or isn't. Um, and I think innovation tech is definitely one way to highlight the fact that our industry is changing pretty dramatically. Um, obviously, drones come to mind, uh, 3D printing, all this other really interesting, neat stuff. Um, we have one example of what we've done is we actually had the president, volunteer president of the Girl Scouts of America speak at our last IGI event this past uh, August in, in St. Louis. And she connected us with three or four different troops in the local area. And they all came and checked out the trade show. They got to play with, you know, $100,000 Spot the Dog from Boston Dynamics uh, and do a number of other things that they were wowed and amazed by. But it was just the having young people at an event like that, too, just created such a, a really cool energy that I think other people, you know, appreciate it as well. But that's so that I think the, the example there is if we can show people like live and in the flesh, true examples of how we're changing and how we're adopting new technology to make ourselves more efficient, effective, safer, et cetera, uh, it's going to change, you know, how people see construction. Uh, another example is I, my kids were in an after, after care uh, school program and I took, uh, I demonstrated um, a 3D printing uh, competition that was run by NASA uh, of a group that won the ability to create habitats on Mars. And I think even though, I mean, that's a little conceptual, you know, um, I think that's another, it, it definitely blew them away with sort of the art of the possible again uh, and, and shows just how dramatically, you know, our industry is not, uh, we always say what what your father's or grandfather's you know union was doing or construction was. So um, I don't know. Those are just a couple examples. No, and I love that, and I and I love the fact that that you know you're you're also focused on young girls because you know it's 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 you know the diversity and inclusion piece, and it extends beyond just gender and race. It's really about you know experience and culture. There's so much that goes into what is diversity. Um, but we have to start somewhere and, you know, getting more women into this industry. And it's not, it's not just the AEC industry. I mean, all of the industries have this challenge. Um, and, and so making it more accessible and welcoming, I think is, you know, I applaud your efforts there <laughs> as a woman in tech, <laughs> um, but just, you know, as a human in tech, right. We want to have the, you know, kind of broadest swath of people to help us solve some of the challenges that are coming forward. I think that's really exciting. Um, so I, I do know that, uh, you have to pick up your kids soon. So we'll tackle one more topic on, on kind of innovation and, you know, what would you say to kind of, you know, your, you know, future kid, you know, your kids in the future 20 years from now when, and, and this is going to lead us to our last question, 
you know, what, what are some of the, the types of careers that they could look at? You know, you talk, mentioned 3D printing. There's a lot of sort of prefab going on. There's engineering. What are some of the cool jobs of the future that you see evolving now that actually our kids today can actually shape? You know, my, so my wife actually, she works for an NGO called the Ocean Conservancy. So they're very focused on sort of the environmental impacts and like cleaning, making sure the ocean is clear of plastics and stuff like that. And I, you know, it's funny, we construction, because a lot of our, our, our members work in sort of very heavy industrial, you know, oil and gas, all this other stuff. But construction is also in many ways, um, sort of the answer to help kind of address some of these climate concerns, you know, whether it's uh, doing carbon capture and sequestration or, um, gosh, the solar field work or the, uh, the hydro dams, et cetera. Um, I, I think construction in this, I don't often hear this argument, but construction is actually a huge uh, opportunity for us to address our any climate concerns that people may have. And, and so I think one way to get kids excited about this like future of, of how they could physically impact the, you know, how we address climate is actually through construction, which, you, you know, I, for whatever reason, I don't think enough people are talking about. And I think the, the youth in as well in general are, are pretty concerned about this as are, you know, many others. Um, but I think there's, there's just huge opportunities, uh, in, we've got a couple of large projects that our contractors are going to be working on, uh, GM and Ford are both doing these massive electro vehicle, uh, plants where they're creating the batteries and they're building them in the United States, in Tennessee, in Ohio and other places. Um, and, and so these are just examples of like moving us to like a clean, clean air, clean, you know, cleaner environment that I think will benefit all of us, you know, in the United States and the world. And I think construction has a huge impact to that, which I'm personally very, very excited about. Now, I'm happy to hear that. And, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that, you know, that next generation workforce, you know, in the way that, you know, maybe as, as we grew up, just weren't thinking about it, you know, it is top of mind and an absolute priority, certainly for millennials, Gen Z behind them and Gen Alpha behind them. Like they want to, and they actually have to solve these problems. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that um, it's, it's top of mind for talk and, and for your work as well. Um, so that brings us to our last question that I ask everyone, which is if you could project yourself 20, 25 years into the future, you could bring with you any you know product or service that would just make you personally happy or make your life better in some way, uh, what would it be and what would it do? All right. This is a, this is a tough one. Uh, and I, uh, of course, did, did not do like a lot of research and preparation for this, <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, I went to the U S chamber and the speakers bureau in DC would often host these, uh, these luncheons where they bring in expert speakers that would talk about a book. And one of the ones that I saw was on, it was called the next big thing is going to be really, really small. And it was all about nanotechnology. And I think nanotech, you know, they often, they would talk about like this building an elevator to space, right? So that we wouldn't have to waste jet fuel or whatever. Um, and so I, I think nanotech would be the thing I would be most interested in seeing 25 years from now, not only what it can do for us, you know, from a building perspective, but also like from a healthcare, 
Like just this, I'm imagining Dennis Quaid in that ridiculous movie back in the eighties where he, he becomes miniaturized and like goes inside somebody's body. Um, but, you know, having like nanotech be able to basically find cancer cells and destroy them in people's bodies, I think is just, uh, would be unbelievably amazing. So I love that. It's like a little, a little, a little video game inside you, like shooting (laughs) at any of the cancer cells. There you go. Um, I would have one that that would like push the donut back out and going, no, you don't need that. (laughs) Yes. Stop. Stop right there. Stop right there. (laughs) Well, it's been absolutely fantastic speaking with you, Todd. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about all your work and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Amy, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.